everyone. Welcome to the 401k Marketing Podcast. Are you ready to be the go-to expert in the retirement plan community? Listen in as we share ideas, resources, and best practices that you can use to professionalize your firm, demonstrate your authority, and earn more 401k business. Trends come and trends go, and advisors should be aware of those changes in the marketplace. Rebecca Auerhan of 401k Marketing stays on top of what's hot and what's not, and she's here with some insights and thoughts. So Rebecca, tell us, what are some of the newest trends that advisors are using right now to market themselves? Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for joining today's podcast. As Patrice just mentioned, we're going to talk about some cool new and current trends and what we're seeing from a client perspective and what's working and give you some insights as to what might not be as hot as it used to be a couple of years ago. So the first one that we're seeing from a trend perspective is the importance of design. Uh, there was a stat a couple of years ago, uh, which said that on average, people see around 5,000 advertisements a day. So think of it in the morning, wake up, maybe have some breakfast and you have your Cheerios and your milk. You got an advertisement on Cheerios. You got an advertisement on milk. Uh, you open up the next drawer and <laughs> you see Fruit Loops and all the rest of the things in your pantry. Every single time, those are brands, ads popping into your mind all day, every day, driving in your car, et cetera. Well, if you add all those up over one singular day, it's around 5,000. What's happened over the last couple of years? Social media, pandemic, screen times going up, 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 up. So the number of ads that we're seeing on a regular basis is increasing dramatically. First trend, number one, is the importance of design. So every time our clients are experiencing your brand, how are they experiencing it? Do you have beautiful, crisp logos, great colors, great imagery, graphics that support whatever piece of content you're putting out there? So if you're doing a plan sponsor guide and you're talking about the ROI of financial wellness... How is it designed? How are people experiencing that? That's the first one. So number one, look at your content, look at it with a lens and say, does this look as good as uh, the person down the street? Or does this look as professional as some of the major brands out there? The second one is uh, short form video. As more and more folks are on their phones on a regular basis and they're flipping and scrolling through little videos, less than a minute, give or take, on an important topic. And those videos could be you speaking directly to a camera. Uh, it could be something that's more animated. There's a couple of different styles depending on the audience that you're trying to get in front of. That's the second one. Uh, think of it like when you're scrolling through Instagram or uh, LinkedIn, you see those folks like, hey, everyone. You know, and I think everyone here knows Jeannie Fisher and uh, Jake Rushkin. They do awesome jobs on videos. Um, big fans of them. And those are examples of short form videos. The third one is sprinkling in onto your different ways of communication little tiny bits of your personal life. So the majority of the times we will have the, our content be all plan sponsor facing, very buttoned up professional. Every once in a while, loosen the tie, have some fun, add a photo of your family, or maybe uh, if you went to a really great restaurant, you want to talk about that. Um, or if you went on vacation, snap a picture of where you are, post it. Uh, the rule around that is about 10 to 1. 10 times it's all professional. One time it would be something of a personal side. So that sprinkling in a little bit of your wonderful character. Are there channels that work best with any of these? I mean, which is best for design? Which is best for personal life? 
Great question. So from a design perspective, all of your content across every platform needs to live up to your brand guidelines. So the consistency throughout. So if anyone's looking at your brand, that it's always going to have that professional edge that's going to represent you and the great services that you offer as a retirement plan advisor. From a platform perspective, obviously different content is going to do better on different platforms. So email marketing uh, is a way that you can distribute your content. So if you have an article, your article is most likely going to live on your website and possibly on LinkedIn's publisher feature. And then you can link your article back through email marketing to your contact list. When it comes to video marketing, you can post your content on YouTube. It's a big one. Uh, it's the number two search engine in the world. Uh, Vimeo is the second to YouTube. You can have more private videos on um, Vimeo. So YouTube, when someone watches your video and it concludes, you have a bunch of other video options that kind of pop up afterwards, like, hey, suggested for you. Vimeo doesn't do that. So that's why people sometimes will choose Vimeo versus YouTube. But think of it from an audience perspective. I don't think there's anything wrong with creating a YouTube channel. Uh, we're actually big fans of that. To this day, there's still a lot of breathing room around YouTube that advisors have not quite capitalized on yet. So big fan of YouTube this year, next year, and the next five years. And that kind of brings up the question, what's not working right now? Is there something that might have been hot or it's been talked about that really it's not worth your efforts? So this is an interesting question because we've always said this from the very beginning, all marketing works. All of it does. It's just how do you turn the wrench at different times to get the most mileage out of it? Uh, one example that has been significant uphill battle, and I don't think this is going to be a surprise to anyone who's listening today. How many times have you got... I don't know if you guys say, uh, do this, but your phone, my phone at least, when I get a cold call, it says as the caller ID, spam likely. Yes. Is that what yours says too? Yes, it does. It does. <laughs> so cold calling doesn't quite work uh, to the way that it used to you know, 10 years ago as a great example. Uh, that being said, if you have a introduction to a prospect and you haven't talked to them before, that's not a cold call. That is an introduction with kind of a warm lead. Even though it's you're still picking up the phone saying, hi, my name's Rebecca. Nice to meet you. I was introduced to you by this person. It's slightly different. So I would say send an email first, who you are, what you do, maybe a little attachment brochure that's beautifully done that describes your retirement plan services, and then either offer a scheduling link. It's really popular nowadays. Uh, Pre-approved through a lot of broker-dealers is a company called CoSchedule. That's uh, a lot of times we get asked around that. Another one that's might, uh, you'd want to talk to your compliance officers is Calendly.com. Um, that's the one that we use. But if you're part of an RIA, you could probably talk to your CCO around that one. And then offer that as an option. That way it's not just out of the blue. Like, hey, <laughs> a lot of folks nowadays are either not in the office or if they are in the office, their calendars are back to back. So being respectful of people's times. So cold calling uh, is one example that it has a time, it has a place. Um, but if you're just cold calling a cold call, chances are you're not batting a thousand. Talk to me about some of the some other tech tips that you've gotten, some tools that financial advisors can use. Oh, gosh. I guess it depends on which section of business development you're working in. So if you're looking to achieve, let's say, building a prospect pipeline, I'd say the number one tool around that is LinkedIn. 
So going on a Form 5500 type of database, selecting the plans that you'd like to target market, so creating a curated list, then going on LinkedIn, finding those companies, the respective decision makers, connecting with them. And then after that, on LinkedIn, probably exporting your data, which is allows you to actually grab those email addresses, which is pretty cool. Don't just send emails to send emails when people opt into your email platform and then have that email platform. And a lot of times advisors will use um, one of three for emails. It's either HubSpot, Constant Contact, or MailChimp. Talk to your home office. Generally, most of the BDs we work with have MailChimp or Constant Contact pre-approved as a vendor. <clears throat> Email's a little you got to make sure that you're BCCing your home office from a compliance perspective. And then once you start sending out drip emails, a lot of times advisors will then link to some sort of like webinar or invitation to a webinar. They'll share their blog, they'll share infographics, best practice guides, et cetera. And all of that is so that way when the plan sponsor gets your email, they see your content, they're like, wow, this is a really amazing retirement plan professional. I didn't know advisors could specialize in retirement plans. This is exactly what I'm looking for. And then they click your scheduling link, go schedule or Calendly, and now you got a new client. What about hashtags? I see them everywhere still, but I don't pay any attention to them anymore. Yes. So hashtags can be really powerful. What you do is you go on LinkedIn and you type in hashtag and then whatever word you would like, advisor, fiduciary, financial wellness, retirement outcomes, et cetera. And once you enter in the hashtag into the search field on LinkedIn, it'll start to pre-populate options for you. And what you can do is click on hashtag fiduciary. Well, if you click on hashtag fiduciary, you'll learn how many folks follow that hashtag specifically. And we have a rule, it's at least 1,500 or more followers on that hashtag, otherwise we won't use it. <clears throat> so you'll notice if you click on fiduciary, it has X number of followers. And then when you post your uh, article or whatever piece of content you're sharing, if you hashtag fiduciary, those 1,500 folks who follow it, your piece will then show up in their newsfeed since they've self-identified of, oh, this is interesting to me. A really great way of using that too, by the way, is like HR, hashtag compliance. Compliance has like tons. Uh, and then if you want to get a little fancy from time to time to go outside of your normal purview, if you hashtag something like design, design could mean fashion. It could mean plan design. It could mean interior design. Like there's all these other options to it. So it throws a wider net. To, so if you're, if you have something that's more like participant facing, you might want to add a hashtag that's not necessarily financial services, because then you're going to get a whole new audience of folks. Uh, so if you're interested in doing anything that might go viral, that's an idea as to how to get more exposure to your post. How do you feel about repurposing content? Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> Big fan. <laughs> I think of repurposing content, if you think of it like an outfit. So you're wearing an outfit today, you know, whatever it is. Well, chances are you're going to rewear that shirt. You're going to wear it with a different pair of pants or, you know, shorts or new sandals or whatever shoes you're wearing. That's the same idea with content. You're just going to repurpose it in a different way. You're going to rewear it in a different way. So you take your macro piece of content, your, you know, your shirt, and then you put it on LinkedIn, you put it on your website, uh, you pull out a snippet of it. 
you use it on social media, you use it in email marketing, and then you try to maximize the amount of wearability that you have for that piece of content. All right. Now, we're talking lots of social media here, lots of internet, SEO, all kinds of big, big things. The internet is a big, big place. So how can advisors get the audience they want? Good question. Who is your audience? This one, this is a great question. Take out a piece of paper, write it down. Who are they? You know, I always start with some basics. How far are you willing to drive? You know, if you live in New York City, chances are you're not going to drive 50 miles. But if you live in Minnesota, 50 miles is down the street. So it's all about perspective and location. That being said, as we know, we live in an interconnected world. Patrice, you just mentioned big world, but also very small at the same time. If you're working in niche marketplaces, then location doesn't matter. It's all about your niche, your dentist group that you work with, or construction companies, or pizza shops, whatever that niche is. So take out that piece of paper and figure out what's your location. And location can be more, can be physical location, uh, or it can be more kind of industry location. So get creative. Then folks you like to work with. Do you like to work with paternalistic companies? Those are basically employers who care. Or do you want to work with groups that are employers that are trying to save for their own retirement? And what does that mean? So cash balance plans. Or are you looking for companies that are on a growth curve? Recruit, retain, reward. Who are those folks? And you can identify some of those attributes um, by looking at the plan designs. Those are codes in the Form 5500, and then start to pulling out what are those features that the employers have pre-selected, which gives you a pretty good idea as to the personas of those decision makers. So it's a little bit of psychology, mixing it together into the database, and then starting to cherry pick the folks who are your ideal target market. Looking into the future, and I know this is really difficult because things change so quickly, but are you seeing hints of any potential new trends popping up? I'd say the biggest trend that we're seeing is the importance of automation. How do you multiply your time and your team's time? So creating content takes a lot of time, talent, resources. Once it's created, how are you distributing it? And how are you doing it in an efficient manner? So I mentioned HubSpot and MailChimp and Constant Contact before. They all have tools that allow for automation. So you can preload, let's say, a plan sponsor guide, participant infographic, and an article. And then you place it into the constant contact, and then you pre-schedule your emails. So if I open the email on Tuesday, great. Then behind the scenes, your automation says, okay, Rebecca opened the email on Tuesday. So we're going to wait four days. And then we're going to send her a second email. And then on Friday morning at 7.49 a.m., I'm going to get another email that is a follow-up to the email that I just read. So if there was an infographic, participant-facing infographic on student loans, well, maybe there's a follow-up email on Friday morning that talks about financial wellness in the workplace and how it increases productivity. So when your employees aren't burdened by student loan debt and thinking about that all the time, that they can actually focus on their job at hand. Hmm. And maybe it's a plan sponsor guide that actually goes through some of the math around how helping your employees alleviate financial stress allows them to hone in on their tasks at hand. 
So then on Friday morning, I get this email. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. I saw the email come in. I might've clicked on it real fast, but I had a million other things going on. So behind the scenes, automation again <clears throat> says, okay, she opened the email. Great. Great. She didn't click on the button that we wanted. Okay. No big deal. We're going to wait again. You know, let's say it's five or six days. We're going to invite her to an upcoming webinar that we're hosting. So we're going to send out an invitation the following Thursday. Maybe it's in the afternoon. So the point of it is that you start to build out architects. So that way automation is doing that work for you behind the scenes. So that way your day and your weeks can be spent working with your clients, networking, developing centers of influence, servicing your clients. And then the rest of your marketing can be on a series of autopilots. So that's the really cool thing. Um, that's going to change a ton over the next couple of years, which is amazing. We're going to start to build out more personas and buying profiles and then different segments. So what are plan sponsors really interested in? And by the way, every plan sponsor is different. So it's a little bit of a mix there. <laughs> no one's eating the same garden salad. It's all different. But you can all start to do that through automation as you learn more and more about that individual, what they care about, what their company cares about, and then how do you market to them in a more intelligent manner. Outstanding, Rebecca. How can listeners reach you to learn more about this? Oh, absolutely. Please um, reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, Rebecca Hourhand. Also feel free to use our calendar link right on our website, which is 401k-marketing.com. You can schedule and book time directly with us right there open calendars so you know when you can meet with us uh, and most you can select the most convenient date and time based on your professional calendar. And listeners, follow this podcast for updates on marketing successes and new ideas. And please rate, review, and of course, share with others. With Rebecca Auerhan, I'm Patrice Sakura. Thank you so much for listening to today's 401k Marketing Podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of our guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of 401k Marketing. The content has been available for informational and educational purposes only. We hope you enjoyed.